Hey there, this is Fred Passaro, and you're listening to Metal Matters, the official Gimme Metal podcast, where we explore all things new, some things classic, but all things heavy, with my co-host, Michael Berdan. This week, we're excited to welcome a true legend in extreme music, Igor Cavalera. From his early ascension to the top of the music world, with the infinitely influential Sepultura, to his work with Mix Hell and latest projects Pep Brick and Cavalera Conspiracy, Cavalera has blazed new trails and constantly pushed the boundaries of heavy music, changing the entire landscape in the process. In this episode, we talk about inserting disparate influence into his music, the pandemic, and his love for finding new bands. Stick around. Also, I got some some new hair product today to push my hair back, and so I want to. I want you guys to look at it, and I want to look at myself and be like, "Ooh, fair enough." This is uh, this is definitely um, an entire podcast about your hair for sure. I mean, of, of course, I can't think of anything more important to talk about. Like, <laughs> it's been a fucking uh, you know, it's been a what uh, what else in the world's happening? I don't know, fucking. You know, uh, things are opening. Some people are are okay. Some people are dying. I yeah. hope that shit doesn't Zillion- get locked down again. Yeah, zillionaires are going to the moon. In yeah. giant dildos. <laughs> yeah. Like Austin Powers all the way. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, like yeah. the, it, it, it's it's fucked up, but it's it's so true because, I mean, those guys got insanely more rich with this whole thing you know us as artists anybody involved in arts we suffered you know through this yeah. and, and those guys they they could you know i'm talking about like spotify and, and you know i think the only decent channel out there it's bandcamp yeah where, yeah where, where they try to help as much as they can the musicians and and you have a direct channel with your fans but other than that I think they, they should have because people don't talk about how much, you know, of uh, mental health, you know, on, during this whole lockdown and all those things like music probably saved a lot of people's lives and art. Definitely. But, but that's not, you know, like important when it comes to, you know, like people, I don't know, helping out musicians, roadies and, and, and arts in general. So, yeah. So it, it's a bit sad that they're, just blowing money on, on their own egos, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, definitely insane. I mean, even like, you know, like, I don't know. I just talked to a friend of our, uh, of me and Perdant that's like works in a venue and um, they just got their small business grant for venues. I mean, this is, uh, what, how, what are we like month 18 of this thing? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. You know, it's yeah. totally insane. And then meanwhile, like, I mean, as, I mean, as you just alluded to, you were like, we were all sitting on our ass at home and what was keeping us alive? Art. Yes. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I, I bought more records in 2020 and the beginning of 2021, I think than I have in like the past, like 10, 15 years. And yeah, I think a lot of people, man, a lot of people, because you could, like I said, you could see that direct channel helping out underground, you know, 
artists. And I, I could see where this, there was, this was something, you know, positive between all of this. Nobody was touring. Nobody could sell, you know, like their merch at the shows, which is a very impulsive thing, as we know. Yeah. Because when you're online, you look at it and you're like, ah, but if you, we all know if you go to a gig since you're a kid, you got to have that shirt after the gig, you know, because that's going to be your badge where, where you can walk around and, and say, I was there, you know, like, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's a, su such a cool ritual, such a cool part of thing of like, you know, if, or if you see someone with a certain shirt from a, from a tour, Mm -hmm. Those things are so important, you know, in, in, in metal, but also like in music in general, you know what I mean? Like that dictates a lot of like a rite of passage through young people and, and all those things, you know? So it was cool to support those, you know, mediums during this, this pandemic. And I have to say same as, as me, as, as, as I mean, same as Mike, I, I also bought a lot of stuff, discover so much music. I was doing a lot more research that, than I usually do. So that was great. Yeah, totally. Totally. What do you, it's, what do you think that like, what do you think that's something weird that you dove into that you weren't expecting to? I know personally, I started to listen to like all this weird blue stuff, like man slip scum and like, you know, even getting into like Howlin' Wolf and stuff like that, you know, stuff that I felt like I should have listened to a long time ago, being a rock guy, you know, mm -hmm. um, was there anything that kind of, was like weird that you stepped into? I, I wouldn't say weird, but I, I would say I had more time to digest music. And, yeah. and that was really cool. Like if I bought a record, I could actually sit in my living room and, and listen to this record and, and do the same, again, like the same ritual. And as me growing up, tripping on the album cover, looking at all the details and, and, and all the fonts and things. I'm, I'm also very into like the whole visual identity of things. So all those things, I think we had more time to look into it. I wouldn't say in a specific style that, that brought me in, but I, I would say I had more, more time to, because before, of course, like touring, you, you don't even, you know, you make your bags and you go somewhere, you come back, your clothes are everywhere. And, and, it seems like you don't have as much time to enjoy, you, especially if you're a vinyl collector or tapes or things like that. I had a lot of time to to dig into my uh, stuff, stuff that I haven't heard also in years, that, but I had to buy certain records when I was on the road. And, and that was cool to, to have time to, you know, really enjoy that with a, with a bit more of a, like a calmness to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were saying before we started recording, so, uh, but you were saying this is like, you started touring when you were 13 years old or so. And yeah, more, more like 14, like 13. I did uh, Best of Devastation, the, the first EP. Mm -hmm. That's when we record, but we we're not playing as many shows at that time. We only play a few gigs, so I wouldn't call it touring. But then from, you know, from 16, 15, I never stopped, you know, all the way to now, you know, like I think I felt like that was the only way they could stop me. Yeah. You know, if they stop everyone, because I always found a way of doing my own things without necessarily needing, you know, TV or radio or, or all those things. I always did my own, my own thing and had my own, you know, following. 
Mm-hmm. So that was the only time that I felt like, wow, they, they really did stop me at this time. So this is the longest that you've been without playing a show in a couple decades. Yes. For, you know, since 84, 85, I would say. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't say not only you're playing the show, but there is something that we, we don't talk as much, but the energy, you know, that, that adrenaline that we get which sometimes can sound super cheesy if we talk to other people about it. When we go on stage, it can be a a, a small venue, you know, it can be a a bigger festival thing. That adrenaline, even though if if you want to play it cool and say it doesn't matter, it does matter because Mm -hmm. those things really feed your creative, you know, like state of mind. And also it shows how much people, you know, like respect your stuff and, and, I, I call it like the test of fire when, when you go and play live. That's when you see, you know what I mean? Like a, a, a review, it's cool. But for me, the test of fire is when you play it in front of, you know, people who were there to actually enjoy this, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's strange. And, you know, like this has kind of come up in conversation with, uh, with a lot of friends who, uh, who usually tour. It's come up on conversation in the podcast. Um, I know for me personally, like we've been on the road a lot, like, you know, six to nine months out of the year before, uh, before this happened. And so when it first started, it was kind of like, cool, I need a break, whatever. But then after a while, like it starts to get really existential. Like I wind up, you know, six months in just kind of going like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know, it's like, and like, at this point it's like, I'm just, I am, I am literally like kind of like hurting for that feeling yeah. of like being on stage and connecting with people. Cause like, it's like, you know, it, like I know you've made music throughout this, you know, and like I've worked on stuff too. And it's, it's great being able to, you know, play music and put stuff up on Bandcamp or even have records come out, you know, but like it, it doesn't mean like, like, I, I have a very hard time connecting with people as an like, you know, as a performer, yeah. as a musician, unless there's like a physical presence, you know, like, yeah. and, and I, I totally feel you, you know, because even though I, I was very productive in, in many ways, I felt like that process wasn't complete because since I was yeah. a kid, I always felt also like when I wrote something on my drums, in the back of my mind, I always had this thing of like, well, I can't wait to play this live. Yeah. Or if, if I make a weird drone thing in my studio, I can't wait to see if I play this in a PA in a club and there's like one zombie guy like, you know, going crazy in front of the PA. Those things for me were like necessary. And, and I was like, at that point, it was even weird because I was like, I don't even know if, if I want to do this, if I don't have that thing at the end, you know? Because yeah. putting out music, it is great, but I also love that idea of writing stuff, thinking of how people are going to react to it. Because that's how also I do it. I can be in a in a in a club in Berlin in the darkness, just going crazy over a kick drum and a drone, mm-hmm. and then losing my shit, or or seeing a band that I like in a club here in London. Like I mean, those things are so important. So I, I put myself also in the 
in a fan position. It's not only the musician, but I, I go back and forth, you know? Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah. You are, you're one of, you know, we were to, as we were talking about Dwight earlier, earlier too, but like, you know, not to, not to kiss your ass too much. Um, <laughs> and, and this goes for, for Dwight too, who I, who I love very much, but it's like, you guys are, you know, you've been doing this since the eighties and you are two of like the most like supportive and like present people uh, that I can think of kind of like, you know, metal and like extreme music in general. Like you guys are like voracious about like young bands and new records. And like, I mean, I know so many people who just like, kind of like don't come around anymore or like, will kind of like, you know, only come out if like, let's say like, I don't know, fucking like, Angel Corpse is playing a show or fucking like Satan are doing something, you know, but like, you know, like you guys, like, I, you yeah. guys are there. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I get excited about, I, I get really excited about hearing about a new band that I don't know that it's doing something different, you know, like, and, and going to see them in a club here or, or going to see an artist in, in, in like a, you know, like a place like an art show or, or some those things are exciting for me as much as you know seeing sabbath or, or or seeing the old school stuff which i'm not gonna say i don't like i love all that stuff but i'm a, i'm not also that guy that only gets excited with the past i like the future i like to totally. see that little, mm. that little kid in in africa trying to make black metal out of his you know like computer Mm -hmm. those things for me are exciting you know like bands in india trying to mix their own things like we did with sepultura mixing you know part of your roots part of your things with metal those things for me it, it's what i like i thrive on a lot of that and i mm -hmm. guess that's also what keeps me excited for for music so i don't i don't sit around like a, a few of my friends who are just like oh i'm not going out you know i'm just you know i can't go to shows anymore i feel old you know yeah. That's, that's, that's horrible for me. That's you, a, a very lame excuse. Do you think, I mean, it, it, it's, it's really funny to say that um, because I feel, feel like, you know, let's, let's talk about me stepping outside and not knowing what I know already, but um, you know, as, as someone that I might make assumptions about you, they might assume, uh, you know, he's toured the world a zillion times. He's seen every band. You know, like, how can you not be jaded? What do you attribute the, what do you attribute that personality trait to? Do you, is that like, you know, like maybe something in your family or like, you, you see what I'm saying? Because you have seen all of it. I totally understand. I, I think that there is something to do with my family because I, I can see my brother Max is, is pretty much a lot like that. Yeah. You know, he's one of the few guys I know in the scene that still, you know, pays attention to a lot of the underground metal bands, you know, like he shout out every new band that he thinks is sick. Yeah. He, you know, mm -hmm. he, he order their shirts, he wear their shirts, he buy their stuff. And, and I guess there is maybe something way in the past about the way that we feel alive. It's about doing things like this, yeah. if we're not connecting it. And if we're not like feeling, you know, all this energy from different people, especially younger, older, whatever. 
mm-hmm. I guess that's when our spirit gets poisoned and then yeah. we explode, you know, that's, yeah. that's something that it might be also in, in the family thing. You know, one thing that I've always wanted to ask you Igor, is like, you know, obviously so many people know you from, uh, you know, your heavy music background and all that, but you know, then there, you have this whole other life within the production and DJ realms and all that. Um, when, when did you start to dip your toe in that water? And what do you think was like the music that like kind of pushed you in, you know, was it rap music or was it like, what, what was it exactly? And that's a really good question. I have to say, because we always being a bit, especially in the beginning of Sepulchre, we were always pushing certain elements that mm-hmm. were out of the metal world to, to come in. Yeah. That could be, you know, like the industrial thing with, with Robin Grissel way back mm-hmm. or Neubauten, those bands like in the 80s that we loved. And, and we tried to bring some of those elements to it. Mm-hmm. But then later to actually start putting my hands on, on producing stuff that I felt I could do it. Because before also, I have to say, it was quite scary. You know what I mean? Like, I, I remember going, see, going to see Nine Inch Nails one night way way back and one of their samplers were, wasn't working so they couldn't do the show mm-hmm. so like those those times pre-computer pre-laptop pre all yeah. that stuff it was it was very weird to to experiment nowadays it's a lot easier to do those things to come yeah. up with, with ideas and and bring that on the road or or even experiment on your bedroom or your on your studio whatever i think mm-hmm. it, it's really it's really cool that it became a lot more handy because I remember in the eighties, it was something that you'd be like, Oh shit, I, I can't have that cent. That costs like a house, you know, that, that costs like the price of like, you know, like two cars. Yeah. Have totally. cent. yeah. And nowadays you, you have like replicas, you have certain things that you can still experiment with those sounds and, and try to recreate some of that in a very cool way. And even, yeah even better because you're, you're not really doing a, a, like a, a purist way. You're trying yeah. to do your own version of it, which I like it better than being pure, purist, you know? Yeah. But I have to say, I love it. The fact that they, they can make something that a kid can afford that before it was like, I was saying it was a spaceship, you know? Like, yeah. So that's, that's super cool. And, and then of course, like the Euro rack, I see almost like, how in the eighties, there was this whole thing with pedals, where all people were collecting different pedals and you have all this boutique little guys making crazy pedals. Now I think Euro records, it's a bit in that world where you have companies in, in like Latvia and, and all different parts of the world making their own little modules. And, and it's, I collect all that stuff, man. I, I call it wow. Euro crack. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, I, 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 I feel like that too. And I always feel like I just need one more and then I'll be good. And, uh, and, and, and I never am. Last one. I promise that kind of vibe. Yeah. And also the thing is like, every time you get a new case, it's almost like tattoos back in the day when your arm, like it's missing a piece and you're like, Oh, this looks horrible. I need to do another piece here. Oh yeah. You, you get a new case and you're like, what is all this empty stuff? I got to buy some more shit, you know? <laughs> that, that analogy is fucking perfect. Cause like, you know, I, I know, like I look at myself and it's like, I don't see tattoos. 
I just see all of the empty space that, and it looks fucking weird. I think those things are also important for underground music. You know, like, you know, like we're seeing metal nowadays getting a little more experimental and, and those things are, are, are really cool that they're approachable in a, in a way that, you know, people can, can get their hands on it and try different things. You know, either it's like, adding some texture, adding some ambience to, to the music. And, and that's something that is super cool for, for metal in general, because I remember the days that if, if you, you had a demo tape and if you made a cover for your demo tape, you, you already sell out. The, the demo had to be like no cover, just your handwritten, you know, or whatever. If you made a cover like, oh, that guy's a poser. They have a, they have a, mm-hmm. oh, they have yeah, a corner wow. for their demo. Ah, oh, come on. So, yeah. So, it's, it's cool. It's cool to add those things when, especially talking about purists, you know, like, <laughs> they're the most annoying people in all style. Always the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you like and fucking live and let live, man. Like, are you, are you really so yeah. bored that you need to fucking cut somebody down for, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, really like bad having cover art or me and my brother um, in the 80s having, you know, or, or like, yeah, like you know, fucking like buying a reissued synth. Like, where uh, they will come up that, to that, us and they will be like, uh, why are you guys charging $2 for the t shirt? And we're like, that's how much it costs to make the shirt, you know? Like, and at the time I was like hand painting the shirt. So it's like, and yeah, but it's also funny because the other day I was talking to one of my kids and they're like, that doesn't exist anymore. Now they just go online and talk shit. But if I see them in a gig, they never had the balls to be like, hey, man, why are you charging $10 for, for your cassette? They don't, they just go home and then they go crazy yeah. on their keyboard and, and write all this shit. So I miss a bit of that confrontation, which was like cool because a lot of those guys, Sometimes they agree with you. Yeah. Sometimes they disagree. But next time you see them at a show, things are cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like we within without those kind of like in-person interactions, you know, whenever there is like kind of like a degree of hostility, when it's just, when it starts online, it's, it's allowed to just fucking fester, you know? Like it, yeah, shit just goes in a fucking circle and like you don't really care about like the, about people getting hurt uh, or like who you're hurting. Like it's all just kind of about, you know, about venting. Uh, and it, like, it, it's a lot different when you see somebody and like, you have to look them in the eye and you, you know that like what you're doing, what you're saying affects them, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, and I, I totally get it, you know, like maybe that's the way this generations are, are, you know, brought in, in with different styles of, of things, you know, but I do miss sometimes, you know, that, that little confrontation, that element of danger of you didn't know if somebody's going to punch you in a gig or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now they don't, they don't do it. Now they just go like, oh shit, this guy sucks. He's gay because he plays electronic music. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, I was, do you know what I was watching the other day? And you guys, I'm sure you guys will remember this video on, um, YouTube, that that video of Henry Rollins 
Where's that? There's that kid that interviews him. Oh yes. And do you know that one? Yes. 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 Oh my God. And I just thought to myself, there's no way in hell that would happen now. You know, with like, everybody's got their own video, video phones and he would just get buried, you know, but at the same time, what a sick video. Who who do you think (laughs) would get buried Rollins or the kid? I think both, you know, like in different ways in their own camps, you know, I think the kid obviously looks like a prick. Yeah, but um, but you know, there's going to be some. There's going to be some. There's always going to be some people who, who side with everyone. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about that. The fact that that will never happen. Like, yeah, you know, so funny. Yeah, what a classic video. Oh, I'm going to go back and rewatch it uh, today. <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope I don't forget. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great one. And for our listeners, uh, just uh, go to YouTube, Henry Rollins kid interview, and yeah. <laughs> you will see, you will see some crazy shit. Uh, Nine minutes of discomfort. Yeah, and fucking, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bill's in there uh, talking about drumming and oh yeah, I forgot. And, yeah, and, and, and his hands and like, like look at these hands. Well, uh, what have you done with your fucking hands, kid? Like that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind Greg of and Kira in there too for a minute. Are, right? I, I don't know. Uh, they, at the beginning, Greg and Kira. Uh, really? Yeah, it, it yeah. is. Oh yeah, I need to I, I need to revisit this. Um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back to experimental music and experimental music and metal and metal becoming more adventurous. Pet, mm-hmm. Pet Brick, uh, Igor, you've been uh, you, you've been doing this uh, this project Pet Brick for uh, for a bit. And uh, how how in the world did, did 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 this start? And what what are you guys up to right now? Well, I have to say that, you know, one of the first persons ever to support Patrick, it, it was you. I, you know, when you when you guys came to London a few years back and you asked me to do something, you know, like open the gig with some kind of experimental. We didn't know at the time why it would be if it was going to be something with with, you know, sense or. And then I threw Patrick in there. So I have to. Thank you for that because that was that was Dude, really cool, man. It was an amazing night. It was crazy. It was. I, I, I'm still shocked that you guys did it. If I remember correctly, it was your first show, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We never we never play live. We only being in the studio. So, so Pet Break is, is a project that I started when I moved here to London a few years back, and uh, Wayne Adams, which is like the other part of Patrick, he's, he's an amazing producer who's been part of like the breakcore scene for many, many years talking again, like before Ableton live, like when people chopping their samples and doing crazy stuff. So he was there. And then I came to his studio for our love of a mixture of like black metal and Aphex twin. So we wanted to do something that we could combine those two things. And, and Patrick was kind of like that idea of combining like extreme music and also extreme electronic sounds. So that's, that's how Pet Brick was born. And since then we, we've been doing 
little things here and there. You've got that collab with Deaf Kids, which you, for me, it's like, a, it's amazing to see this whole new scene coming out of Brazil, which uh, it's very different in, in what they do. Like, I love the, the, the Deaf Kids, the way they, they do things where for me, they're like, like a psychedelic motorhead kind of thing. It's like D beats with drones and, but like fast, but also very psychedelic the way the vocals and the guitar are. So they're all like, they're a very cool band because of that. And the fact that they come from Brazil also, they bring some percussive elements that, you know, they, they comes from our background, the African Brazilian thing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's one of my favorite bands. So we had, a collab record that we put out on uh, New Rot yeah. from New Roses, from those guys on, on their label. And it was super cool to collaborate with them. Amazing people also. Like Deaf Kids are like one of my favorite people in, in the world, in the, in the business. Like super cool guys. So, so yeah, that, that was fun. And now we just finished another collaboration that we did with this guy, Duma. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, from Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, like the... They we did this thing for a festival, which was like a video game that you went in and as you play the video game, you discover the tracks. Oh shit! So we did a bunch of tracks together. Like we kept sending bounces between Brazil, London, and Uganda, and then this guy Simon Grab, which is an amazing producer from Switzerland. So that was like the the whole thing, and we we did this video game thing for a festival. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Super underground, like also, but I don't know if you know this label called Niege Niege from Uganda. Uh-uh. It's amazing. They they do a lot of tapes and, and stuff. So they I think they're going to put out the actual record for this. Fantastic. Quite noisy, but also it has a lot of like, a lot of really cool stuff. But it, it was just for a festival. Is it going to be possible to play the game at all? Yeah, they're, they're working because it, the the game went on for and it, it, it was like a weird version of Doom, the, the game Doom, yeah, yeah. where you go in and, and then as you click on certain stuff, the, the music would come on. Uh, but then it was only live during the festival and now they're, they're trying to make it so there is a way for other people to discover this, this video game. It was a bit complicated for some people to find the stuff. Yeah. But I guess that was also part of the fun. You need to be a little geeky to 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 get to the deep end of the tracks. You know? I love it, man. Yeah, I Sick. I, uh, I I I hope that comes around this way. And uh, I would, yeah, 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 love to fucking uh, to, to to check that out. Um, yeah, um, what's going on? Uh, and do you have any plans with uh, with Cavalera Conspiracy coming up? Like, uh, you know, yeah. I've been talking a lot to my brother about doing some uh, some stuff. Uh, maybe at the end of the year, we we might record some stuff, and then definitely hoping to tour next next year. You know, like that's something that so far we still not a hundred percent. We all don't know how much touring it's going to be possible. You know, in, in in the next year, but hopefully we'll be able to do that. Yeah. And, and then, of course, like, I just go to my studio pretty much every day and, and I either write stuff or, or I do some, I, I did like a YouTube channel thing for drums mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I dissect 
my favorite tracks that I play in, the, in my history. And I talk the creative process of it. How did I get to make those beats? Why did I make them and what influenced them? And, and that was pretty cool. So that was something that I started during the, the pandemic. So it was like just to do a channel that I could talk to, especially to drummers, but a lot of fans also that wanted to know how I came up with, with all the weird beats that I, I did through my history. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. What, like, what, what tracks do you touch on? Like, like, like kind of like specific things. It's, it's funny because, you know, like we, we did a track with the Chavantes tribe in Brazil on roots. Mm -hmm. Of course. I tell the story of us going there and, and recording with them, not having electricity. We had to record with car batteries because also a generator is too noisy. So we had to bring car batteries in our backpacks to record the stuff with the, with the natives. And, and that's, that's one of the songs that I, I talk about. And then I also talk about like how I wrote Antichrist on the, on the first EP mm -hmm. where I didn't have a proper drums. I only have a snare and a floor tom. So I did like a blast beat with the two and it's still, I kept it that way for, for the records. So it's very primitive, like caveman, yeah. like black metal style this, at the time. And it's, yeah, all, all those things are there. So it's cool to, to explain, but also to, to see where I'm coming from. You know, a lot of things were necessities. A lot of things it, it, I wasn't doing to, to be cool. It, it was just how it was, you know? Yeah, man, man. I, I'll never forget. This is just like a, a stupid personal anecdote. Um, and, uh, it's, 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 it's just so, it's so cool to me. Um, so when I was in sixth grade, 12 years old, uh, it was, uh, 1992 and I was like, I, I got into kind of like heavy music by myself. Uh, like I didn't really have like any like older, older siblings or, or anything. And it was just kind of like me watching the headbangers ball. And I, I was wearing an iron maiden shirt, um, uh, one day in school. And this uh, older kid was like, Hey, you ever hear this band Sepultura? And I was like, hey, no, uh, no. I'm like, Oh, it's the heaviest. And he, uh, he gave me a, uh, uh, a dub tape of a rise. And it was the first time anybody had ever given me a dub tape. And I think that was uh, it, it, like, it blew me away. You know, I, at the time it was like, you know, some of like the most frantic shit that I, that I'd heard. And then that was like, that was like right before refuse. Re uh, uh, I'm sorry. Chaos AD came out. And, uh, yeah. and then chaos AD, like, you know, it, like blew my mind too. It was just like, it's not a 180, but just like the, like the direction seemed, seemed to shift from, you know, this like kind of like death thrash to like, I didn't, I, I didn't identify chaos AD as, as <laughs> like, as like punk at that time, you know, like I, I hadn't heard something like, you know, amoebics for instance, mm -hmm. but like, you know, kind of like over the years, like, I I've come to like, look back at that record as like, you know, my, my intro to crust is like chaos AD. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny you saying that because the way I, I try to explain to people the it was through touring. We did almost 300 shows in one year with a rise mm -hmm. of touring everywhere. And 
in the beginning of the Arise tour, we were touring with Obituary and, and like a lot of like a, the metal bands, especially the Roadrunner bands mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But then as things start shifting, we start to get asked to do different tours. All the way that the last tour we did before we went in to record Chaos AD, it was Ministry and Helmet with us opening. Mm. So we did like a, like a two months of that. And that influenced us to bring some of those elements to, to, from Arise to Chaos AD, from, from the touring with different bands and learning little things here and there. So that was also cool. The, the shift of, of like, the way that we at first we would only play with certain metal bands and then it opened up a little more towards the end. Musically, you guys were already into all that stuff though, right? I mean, like I could kind of tell by your t-shirts back then, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean we we were always pushing for, for different stuff and, and yeah. of course like like I was saying, like all the the t-shirt from bands that we were wearing, they were, they were not only the typical metal bands, we were always like trying to to listen to as much crazy music at, at the time that as as possible but then again to to see the shift of people understanding those elements in our music that was pretty cool because at yeah. the time of arise even though there is some in, industrial like i don't know influence intros for, for certain tracks people wouldn't call it uh industrial it's just a metal record mm -hmm. And then later people start realizing, oh shit, they were doing this thing back in 92, you know, where a lot of the metal bands also were not experimenting with, with electronics and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just the fact, like also on that record, it's like, or uh, not on, not on our rise, but on KSAD, it's like, you know, you cover new model army, you know, like that. I, I feel like in particular, kind of like around that time, like you wouldn't see many bands kind of like break out of like kind of like their genre zone and kind of like and do a spin on something that is like you know not not necessarily outside of like their their interests in their world but like outside of their sonic wheelhouse and like you really make yeah. it your own song yeah i mean that, that was cool because we were listening at the time to a lot of new model army and sister of mercy and and all this like kind of like goth influenced things at, at the time. And, and we decided to do that cover. And I remember like at first, even the label were like, what is this? You know, like, why are you guys covering this? But then we, we also learned from other bands like Celtic Frost back in the days when, when they, you know, they did a cover of a wall of voodoo, you know, oh, yeah, Mexican, yeah. and shit like that for us. I was like, Oh, sh this is amazing because they're not just covering you know, coroner or one of their Swiss friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're actually going into a different place. And, and then by doing that, like you say, you do your own spin to it, but still you also open a lot of people's minds to those bands. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think about you guys, you guys wearing like agnostic front shirts and then like fear factory covering agnostic front. And that was kind of wet. Like, I had heard, uh, like I heard of Agnostic Front kind of through, through that back door. And then it was kind of like, again, via the Headbangers Ball, like enter the pit segment that I heard AF for the first time. And I was just kind of like, 
I was like, what is this? Like, this is like, you know, kind of fast, short haired metal. You know, I didn't even really like know that that was like, I didn't know what hardcore was. And like, you, yeah. like, you know, like it's through people like, you know, like you guys that like kind of opened that door and, you know, kind of yeah, like, it, like it definitely gets a kid interested. Yeah, man. I, I think it's really important, you know, and I have to say the same way a kid sometimes would watch a, a skate video mm -hmm. and then write down all the songs that would play in the skate video and then built their taste kind of like based on that. We would do that with certain bands that we love and the t-shirts that they were wearing mm -hmm. totally. mm -hmm. and the bands that they were taking, you know, like in the tank list in the record, I remember yeah. looking into whatever, like possessed. Who are they thanking? You know, like, oh, they thank this, this and this. And then we'll go after those bands, you know. Right. That was kind of like our way to discover things. It was through different tastes from different bands that we love, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I think one yeah, one key point that um that Berdan hit on it was very crucial for me too, is like um, you know, I, I think like especially like um you know, Sepultura in, in, in like that KSAD days. And then like around that time, Pantera came and around that time was like, you know, like I started to be aware of integrity, you know, like kind of this whole world of like, of like, is it metal? Is it punk? I don't know what it is. It's coming from a hundred different directions. And I think, um, but at the same time, metal to me was still very segregated. You know, I think it still is to a, to a certain degree. Um, do you do you feel like, um, you know, your listening habits? Do you feel like the fact that um, that you listened to, you know, that you were listening to both kinds of styles? Do you think it's attributed to you? Just just like your personal listening habits, or I've I've talked to certain other people who say that, you know, they're from overseas, so they didn't really see like those barriers. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, we, we definitely had that in the beginning, you know, like to the point that we only like, we're talking about dub tapes. We have dub tapes of, of like discharge and, and mm -hmm. layer and, and things like that, but we had no idea what they look like or amoebic yeah. or, or, you know, we just get a bunch of tapes of stuff that we liked and, and we were listening to those tapes and building our like way of, of, of music without really looking at it in, in a, in a point of view of, of like the, I don't know, the statics of it. Yeah. And then later you're like, Oh shit, they have long hair. Oh, they have shaved head. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they're, they're all amazing in their own ways. And mm -hmm. I guess we always also try to, to do this a bit because we always felt that the metal, it was a bit too segregated, but also mm -hmm. I don't like the idea of the person that says like, oh yeah, I play metal, but I don't listen to metal at all. I only yeah. listen to classical music from, you know, <laughs> 1800s. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and I, I find that super snobbish also because I'm uh, like, no, yeah. I do listen to rap, but that's not it. Yeah. I like other shit also. So yeah. it's like, I also find weird when you see certain artists and they're like, no, I don't listen to metal at all. And they make like the craziest metal thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a bit of bullshit. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, it's fair to say. Oh, yeah, I like I like Bach, or I like this, or like you know, like that sort of thing. But I mean, you are definitely still putting it through that metal sieve, and uh, and it, it's it's a fact. You know, yeah, totally cool, man. But I, I think also I don't like the fact that some people they would put down metal on it. Yeah, yeah. Be like oh, I don't listen to it. It's like bullshit. You yeah. do listen to it because your guitar tone. Is exactly like the other band, and then your drum sound—you just copy that other drum sound. So you are listening. So yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I I kind of at this point I like to kind of put. Uh, I mean, I, I put so much shit just kind of like under the umbrella of extreme music, be it like, be it like metal, punk, uh, fucking industrial, power electronics, like you know, like. Yeah, you know, like yeah, like yeah, even like yeah, some fucking you know, kind of like classical or fucking like modern composition shit, like, it, and it, it all to me kind of plays into each other, you know, like uh, not to be like you know that everything should be like the Judgment Night soundtrack and fucking blend multiple genres, but that like yeah. you know like, <laughs> but that. I know for me, when I'm trying to like, when I sit down to like write a song, like sometimes it'll start out as like a straight up metal song or like, you know, a straight up industrial song or whatever. And just these other elements work their way in just because like, this is how I've learned how to, how I, how to listen to music and how to write music. And I think that's important because again, it's by people doing those things way back. Mm -hmm. And trying to break those rules that's so we get where we are now where, where we have like real experimenting in, in music in general in in metal where i think people are not afraid to experiment with because i remember like even like when we did an album like roots everybody was afraid of experimenting yeah especially if you talk about like bringing some of your most traditional music into metal that was like forbidden you know like yeah. even the name roots the label felt that like oh this is like a, a reggae compilation mm -hmm. you know like that's what they told us and we're like no no that, that's not it see you guys don't get it yeah. roots is it's like it's the deepest thing you can go into your music and that was brazil for us totally so all totally. those things and then later we even start seeing you know like the most insane black metal bands going deep into their roots and bringing all this like pagan sounds and, and things like that, that they were forbidden back then. Yeah. So we kind of like opened the door for a lot of that. You know? yeah. yeah. It was possible to bring those elements, no matter where you are from, you know, like it, it can be, you know, anywhere in the planet, you find your roots. You know? Yeah, definitely. Where do you think that adventure spirit came from in you? You know, like, cause obviously all those, all those um, Sepultura records are completely different. And then obviously you've got this completely different other musical endeavor with Nick Sell and another completely um, thing, different thing with, you know, with Peprick. I mean, where do you think that musical um, spirit comes from in general? I think it comes from like really experimenting in, in the sense that not just for, just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. 
but but doing because I, again i think it's it's how i feel alive it, it's by doing those things not being stagnated you know i know certain formulas can work you know like yeah. we, we did an album that sold 10 million which was rude yeah we could be doing that record over and over and and of course it would sell maybe some of it but we would again poison ourselves and and become like unhappy yeah. as musicians and, and as, as artists you know mm -hmm. and i think taking risks and, and trying things it's it's very important also like not having no fear of of being silly or of doing certain things that you know you don't know what, what's what's going to be the reaction you know like first time i start doing the mix how thing i remember like i got so much hate because i was doing something that it was electronic and and it was like dance oriented but I also like later, I remember seeing certain, you know, like going to certain clubs and seeing the energy there. And I was like, man, this is way heavier yeah. than, than last month when I went to see Slayer. It, it looked like a church. You know, Tom O'Reilly was like preaching and then every kid was doing the same thing, wearing the same clothes. For me, that was boring. You know, like it was like, yeah. you know, I'd rather be in a club where I don't see anything. And people are just getting bombarded by this like sonic thing and, and they go home and they enjoy this night. They don't even know who the fuck was DJing or, you know, what they look like, where they yeah. from. It was just music, even though sometimes it wasn't even music. It was just sonically things, you know, like and, and sounds that would hit you as deep as a blast beat or, or a guitar riff. Definitely. Know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you still working with Solax at all? Speaking of just yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those those guys are are, are, are very good friends from from Belgium. Yeah. They they own a studio in Ghent, which, which is the same city as Dwight lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I go there all the time to work with them, and and yeah, they have now like this uh, seven piece band thing with three drummers and i'm one of the drummers and then my wife she plays since at the band mm -hmm. and we are probably going to work on some new music with them in the near future but it's it's also again a complete mad thing you know like totally different than anything i do you know like they they don't even let me hit a cymbal you know like i had to play like a machine like a drum machine when mm -hmm. i play with them you know i have a click I cannot improvise and, and it's such a, a crazy thing because it, again, it makes me experiment in a completely different way, you know, like, and it's cool to do stuff like this because then when I go back to Cavalera, I can go full, I can play as fast as I want, you know, like I can have like 10 coffees mm -hmm. and speed up my whole set to the point that Max would be like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Where with OX is completely controlled, you know, I had no control at all. Yeah, man. That th see, this is something that you know th that I really like admire about about you um, and uh, and you know and and Max too. Uh, but you know, it's like you guys, the two of you have have this nexus where like your brothers, you work together, and there's like you know kind of like this main center of operation, but within that like or apart from that there are all of these segues that you can take like you know it's like you know i like i think like 
straight to like the nail bomb record. It's like, and you played drums on, uh, on a lot of the nail bomb yeah. record, right? Yeah. So like, you know, the nail bomb record doing like, you know, kind of like your, your guys take on industrial metal um, to, you know, like, to like soul wax, you know, is like, you know, kind of like this take on like, kind of like, you know, on disco uh, to pet brick uh, to mix hell. It's like all of these things are different entities to, to a lot of like your like solo drone stuff. Like they're all different entities, but they all very much have like your stamp on them. It's just, it's like, because it's played by you and it's filtered through like, through your mind, like it's going to, you know, feel like, you know, any of our Cavalera record. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that because I also do without pushing that myself, because I think it can be forced if you, if you have to put your stamp or, or your way of playing, it has to become like a natural thing. Totally. You know, like if we, if we're going to do collaboration, if I send you a drum beat, of course, I'm going to play this drum beat like, like a you know gorilla that's how i play yeah. you know i'm not gonna be doing this little jazzy thing you know that's <laughs> that's how my identity goes there but then if you chop that drum bit beat into a million different things and it can become like this techno thing totally it's there but then again if you listen closely it will have that gorilla in the back sweating doing his thing god i love that sweaty gorilla yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's episode of metal matters make sure you like or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts apple google spotify amazon to get the most recent episodes automatically delivered to your phone thanks for listening and catch you next week Follow us on Twitter at Metal Matters Pod and Instagram at Metal.Matters.Podcast.